Hey, Lewis here. I mean, obviously it's me, right? I'm the only guy who actually runs this freaking show. Anyways, I'm here to tell you about something that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. It's not going to be ready until later this year. However, I'm going to give you the lowdown on it so you can get it for free. Here it is. I am going to be releasing a podcast monetization masterclass. I've been spending the last few months on this, building it, refining it, even training my team on how to use this with our own clients. When it is out and finally published and ready, it will be anywhere from, I'd say, $47 to $197. I'm not sure what I'm going to price it at yet, and there'll be a lot of bonuses that go with this course as well. However, the first 100 people who actually raise their hand, say they want it, and actually go through the course and give me good feedback are going to get it for free, okay? So if you want to be one of those 100 people, there will be a link to a page where you can sign up and add your name to it and your email, and then I will send you the 1.0 version of this course when it is out, all right? You'll be one of the first 100 people. Once I hit 100 people, I am shutting it off, and it will be a paid product, and that will be it, all right? So make sure if you want this course for free, be one of those 100 people because that is the only way you will be able to get it for free. All right, that is it. Now back to this episode. Hey, welcome to the podcast domination show where we help you launch, grow, monetize, and dominate the podcasting space. This is a show where we believe that if you can get attention with your podcast, you can influence someone. And if you can influence someone, you can get them to take massive action. And if you can get someone to do that, you, my friend, can dominate. I'm Luis Diaz, your host and founder of Podcast Domination, and I'm your guide. Let's go. All right. Welcome back or welcome for the first time to the Podcast Domination Show. The mission of this show, guys, is to help you launch, grow, monetize, and dominate your podcasting niche or niche, however you want to say that. Today on the show, I have a friend of mine by the name of Paul Edwards. Paul is a, well, first of all, he's got a really awesome voice. I'm jealous of his voice. He's got a friggin' radio voice. He went to school for broadcasting. The guy knows how to speak. So it's one thing you take away from here is kind of pay attention to how he speaks, what he does with his tonality or kind of how he paces himself. I'm really impressed by his, his presence and his speaking uh, whenever I get the chance to connect with Paul. But anyways, in today's episode, we cover basically how to network, do's and don'ts of networking, and also how podcasting can aid your ability to network and the best way to get on other shows. I'm going to teach you, uh, Paul and I are going to teach you a simple way to cut the line essentially and get on shows that are typically hard to get on if you're trying to do it the cheap way or the slow way. So, that is it. Enjoy this episode. Be sure to check out the Facebook group, the Podcast Domination VIP Inner Circle, where Paul and myself are very active, and then uh, you can be part of that conversation. So I will see you on the other side, my friend. Take care. Have an awesome day. Hope your workout's going well, your dog walk, your maybe your morning drive or afternoon commute home is going well, and I'll see you later. Today, in my messenger chat between you and I, Paul, it says chapter three, <laughs> forthcoming the reissue, pro bono publicity. And I know 
podcasting has been huge in that for you in terms of building relationships that can lead to dollar bills, that can lead to partnerships, collaborations, et cetera, et cetera. For me too, like it's been a really, really strong thing. Like I, I can't remember, you know, a bad podcast interview where I didn't, I wasn't able to like hit that person back, you know, a month, two months from then and ask for a favor or an introduction or some kind of collaboration in some form. So I'd love for you to take it from here. I guess we'll first of all, welcome to the show. Um, Thank you. <laughs> you it's were great gracious, to be here. <laughs> yeah, you were gracious enough to have me on your show. And I believe it's changed names since I've been on. So for, for those who don't know you, Paul, I guess share a little bit about what you do and also your, what your what podcast, what's the name of your podcast? Well, so uh, thanks for having me, Lewis, and you know what what you're doing there. I am able to see the the intrinsic value of having somebody who really understands spoken word audio content and the power it has to scale intimacy. But to answer your questions, I am the host of the Influencer Networking Secrets podcast show, which is both on YouTube and on iTunes, and. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm a little hesitant to say that just because I uh, I'm not sure that I won't have to rebrand it again once I've rewritten this book and decided ah, on the title. Right. But for the time being, that's where you can find me, and you'll see a very distinctive uh, red kind of branding photos with me in a in my snazzy uh, blue sport coat and um, so several other images in the background. And uh, I wrote the this book originally. It was called Ten Secrets to Networking Success, which, uh, in hindsight, after uh, so after failed attempts to promote it, I realized that I just wasn't digging quite deep enough mm. and nailing down the avatar, both of who I wanted the book to hit, who I wanted it to resonate with, as well as who I wanted it to who I wanted to attract into the, the the high ticket offer that comes behind the book. And so anyway, I'm getting closer to that. And in the meantime, that's that's really my main focus right now is getting that book rewritten and getting it out there. And we're aiming to make it a bestseller on Amazon um, very soon this year, in fact. Got it. So the first one, first one, yeah, the the, the audience was... Like the, the avatar was definitely a little bit loose, so we're tightening that up. I really want to get into uh, kind of what you're up to now in terms of networking. You know, we've we talked previously about this on your show and a little bit about your background in networking, kind of how you became good at it and, and some of the insider tricks and tactics that you've used to, I guess, really to build relationships faster and to gain tr- trust a bit faster than your usual than a usual, the usual cadence and flow of a, of, an, of a, a relationship, whether that's for business or otherwise. Sure, sure. Uh, well, s- s- we'll start with uh, the background um, and then help. if I get off track, stop me, but I'll try and bring it forward so that we have a, a contrast. Got it. And basically, we start with someone who, ba- who had no networking experience whatsoever, no experience building relationships, Everything was pretty random for me, and I got—I I had dreamed actually of being a broadcaster or podcaster because everybody kept telling me what a wonderful radio voice I had. 
I think so. Yeah. I think they're right. <laughs> they are right. <laughs> and um, I went to I went to school for it. You know, I, I I finished my time in the military, and I went to Pacific Lutheran University and got a degree in communications, and absolutely loved any part of it that involved public speaking or being on the mic hmm. and that kind of thing. So I thought very naturally the next progression is to go get a job in radio, which by the time by the time this is happening, radio is is starting to become more and more a product of computerized automated systems with very little human other than human supervision and very very much uh, not necessary like it used to be. It doesn't need the anything like the manpower it used to. Mm, okay. Yeah, I don't know. So, too much about, I don't don't know much about the radio industry. That's interesting. So it's mostly now. It's mostly like kind of not set it and forget it. But there's a lot less hands-on work. Would you say the skill set still is, is has been like reduced? Like you don't need to be like uh, as skilled as maybe some of the past broadcasters. Not yeah, not necessarily. I think you need to have talent, and I think you need to be able to. Um, uh, uh, let me put it this way: um, you, ha- you they want talented people, and they want people who understand professional communication, but they don't want to pay them more than minimum wage part time. Uh-huh. Um, so what they do is, or certainly what I experienced anyway, is there's a few full-time staff, you know, you got a program director, you got an advertising sales staff, obviously, and maybe one or two full-time announcers slash content writers and all that kind of thing. But the rest of the work that used to be done on a full-time basis by several people can be done on a part-time basis by a handful who just sort of rotate in and out. And it that might have worked when I was, you know, nineteen, twenty, and single. But when you got two kids and a wife and a mortgage, it's a bit of a different story. So it flopped me over to the insurance business because it was the bottom of the recession. It was two thousand and eleven, going into twelve, and I had, you know, I I needed uh, I needed to get a job. I didn't want to do insurance. I knew nothing about insurance. I wasn't a fan of insurance. wasn't My dad was not in the business. It was totally off in left field. And if I'm honest, um, I, I was quite embittered by that. But I went and did it because I had to do it. Yeah, do what you had to do. What, what was your dad? And out of curiosity, you said your your dad wasn't in it. Was he in broadcasting? Not in broadcasting, but he was he was a uh, an executive in the advertising industry. So he owned his own agency and then served in several executive roles in other agencies throughout his career. And my mom was an artist, so I came from a a very creative background. But here's the interesting thing, Lewis. I so I go into the insurance business, and not my my first job was just dialing for dollars, but my second job, they said something I write about in the book, which is we don't want you in this office unless you're here to, you know, transact business, close, bind a policy and take payment. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> we, we want you. And, and what they meant by that was you need to be out in the field, meeting people, mm. networking, going to events, going to trade shows, setting up tables, setting up booths and being face to face with people. So uh, that made my marching orders pretty clear, but I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know how to interact with people in a meaningful way. So I go out and, you know, of course, what I, what do I start doing is trying to hard sell people. And (laughs) it didn't take very long for me to figure out, okay, whatever these people are here for, they're not here to be sold. They're not here to hear, you know, you should have this type of insurance policy or why aren't you doing your insurance with me and yada, yada, yada. Right. So I, but I, I kept at it. I didn't give up. I, because I, you know, 
people were pleasant and and friendly and agreeable. The business community here is a very amiable one. It's very easy to get along with people here. And I just kept doing it. And as, as time went on, I started to get more and more comfortable with it. And I started to develop, you know, rapport and charisma with people. And people like listening to me talk, as, 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 as you've seen, like whenever I get up on stage, especially with a microphone, people like to listen to me talk. I, I actually kind of like the sound of my own voice too, to be honest with you. But, <laughs> um, but uh, I would get up and I would give a talk about something or I would give a presentation and I, I saw people responding. You know, I saw people coming forward and coming up and to talk to me afterwards. And they would listen to me talk about an unrelated, a topic unrelated to insurance. And they would come up afterwards and say, hey, let's, let's have a sit down and maybe you can look at my insurance. And I got a ton of clients that way. Hmm. So, um, as this, as this went on, then I joined my very first mastermind, which was a, 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 a one called the Agency Alliance Mastermind with Sean Mathis. You may have heard of him. Mm, I have. Um, and Sean was, was um, influential on me, but he had a, a right-hand man, I think, at the time by the name of Jonathan Garrick. And Jonathan Garrick is actually down in your neck of the woods. He's in Naples. And he runs a mortgage house now down there called uh, Movement Mortgage. But Jonathan Garrick taught me one of the most profound lessons. He was teaching, he was, you know, doing some, I guess you'd call it deputy coaching for Sean on a, on a uh, coaching call. And he said, when you get on, he was coaching us on Facebook, on engaging people over Facebook. And he said, when you get on Facebook, number one rule, this is for all insurance agents. He says, number one rule, do not talk about insurance. Mm. <laughs> right. And, you know, so some of us, including me, are pretty dumbfounded and we're like, well, what, is, what does that mean? And, and he went on to say, talk about your family, talk about your sense of humor, talk about your achievements, talk about things that frustrate you, talk about make yourself human to these people. And, and you will bring value to them and you will find them reaching out to you and connecting with you. And so I did. And I started making videos that I would upload to Facebook. And then I started getting clients from those videos. People would actually reach out to me and say, you know, I, I, you and I have never met, but I feel like I know you. <laughs> That's and, crazy. Uh, That's interesting though. Cause like in, in insurance is like, I feel that way too. Like insurance, I don't, it's a very trust business or it's a thing you, you need to trust a person before, you know, you go into a long-term agreement. So it's interesting how, and it, and it clicks when you say that as to why you wouldn't speak about insurance first, right? Um, yeah. I guess to bring it back to people who are connecting to their, uh, someone they want to get on their show, they want to get on their show. Don't talk about the damn interview, right? Like, w- would you, would you agree? Like before I met you, we didn't talk about interviews. That wasn't the first thing we talked about. We just kind of connected on, you know, business stuff, how we could help each other, but it was never about like, Hey, I want to interview you. That kind of came yeah. like a few months down the road. And I think yeah. that, yeah, that would apply to anyone here who's listening to this and like, how do I apply this to getting, getting on a show or getting on someone else's show? It's like, hmm, you know, don't talk about the damn interview. Talk about how you can add value to them. Connect Absolutely. with them on, on a genuine level. But sorry to cut you off. I just thought that was just a really interesting point there I wanted to, to highlight. Well, and, and, and if, I, if I may, Lewis, I think it's the currency. I think shared humanity is the currency of the 21st century economy, which is, which is my fancy way of saying if you make yourself human first and business second, particularly with the generation right behind ours and succeeding ones, Mm. 
that is that is where the um, the gravy's at. Because if you can, you know, if, if all you want to talk about is business, twenty or thirty years ago, that might have that might have flown and not very far, but it would have flown. But now it doesn't fly at all. I mean, it doesn't even get off the ground. People just yeah. flat tune you out. So you're absolutely right. And um, but what what this all what this led to was the realization that okay. Now I pivoted and I understood, okay, the people that I'm spending the most time around on a consistent basis, day in and day out, because of my job are entrepreneurs and business owners. Because where I apply my trade for the most part is business networking groups, you know, local chambers, local independent networking groups. And then, um, you know, I did some trade shows and all that, but eventually I said, I'm going to narrow this down and say, I'm really going to target that business owner because as I moved into being an independent broker I could and could help with commercial insurance as well, I found that I could get a lot more volume out of one client in that I could do both their personal insurance and their business and, and yep. you know, and handle the whole thing. That's so, right. Yeah. So that brings me to this place where, okay, now I'm learning the lingo and I'm learning what's important to these people when they show up to these groups. Why are they there? And I'm, and I'm just thinking about it and I'm saying, well, they're not there to shop for insurance. We know that. And judging by the experiences that any other entrepreneur who tries to hard sell them when they show up to these things has, they're not there to shop for anything. In fact, they're <laughs> right. not there to shop at all, right? They're there, they're there to, gen- to, to expand and grow their business, not yours. So I said, well, that makes it easy because if I know that what they really want to do is not waste time or money coming to these things in the first place, then I need to teach them how they can do it the most effectively. Mm. What'd that lead to? Well, at first it led to just a, a seminar that I started giving called Networking Intentionally. And so I would, it was a 12 or 15 minute presentation uh, with several of the uh, several of the phrases and and concepts that are still in the even in the latest rewrite of my book and the, the latest drafts that I'm finishing up right now, I would tell them these these kind of catchphrases, then then expand on them. And so one of them was be a magnet, not a pusher. Right. Mm-hmm. In other words, be someone who draws business towards you rather than pushes it onto people who don't want it. Yeah, I would say not for profit is for profit. Right, meaning go and participate in boards and nonprofits and help people with their nonprofits because, in so doing, you're around entrepreneurs and business people who, when they have need of what you provide, uh, that you know you're right there at the front of the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And then that brings me to this one: pro bono pu- publicity. So you to to bring it forward now. You ask the question: What are you doing now? that's most effective in networking. And I would say unreservedly podcasting and YouTube interviews. So the way this has worked for me, and, the, and I'm hoping this, I hope what the audience hears in this is if you've been thinking about doing a podcast, start doing one and, and follow Lewis because he will give you all kinds of very important cues and, and very important information up front to help you make the most of it. I started doing the podcast and it was just me talking into a microphone, you know, just kind of like a, a, like I used to try to do for radio talk shows. And the feedback I got was, well, we love your voice, but, uh, but th- there wasn't much activity because there's only so much I could say. 
you know, I'm, I'm not one of these people who has, you know, decades and decades of experience in all different types of businesses and, you know, right. That kind of thing. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm 26. I mean, there's only so much I know. <laughs> I'm still right. a young guy. So I have a lot of shit to learn. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you're right. I started the same way, just doing it by myself. But the interviews give you so much more depth in in knowledge, experience, and then like you said, we're talking about today is the relationship. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so what was the change when you went from interview uh, solos to interviews? What was, I guess the uh, the audience change, the the traffic change? What were some of the things you kind of noticed early on? Well, so I'd been doing the podcast, and you know, my my closest, biggest quote unquote fans, as you would call it, around here were listening, and and they like listening to me talk. But I, the, one of the things I noticed was the um, the branding of it was totally inconsistent with the book. And then in November, when we went to New York, Vince told me, you need to scrap what you're doing and do a show. And he, you know, yeah, I, I'm sure given more time, we might have put a little bit more thought into what we called it. But Influencer Networking Secrets was actually something that he came up with. And it took me a little while to understand it. But what I found was once I started posting um, interviews of other people, a whole bunch of other things began to come into cl- into clear focus for me. So I did my interviews while I was in New York with Craig and Brittany and Rudy and posted those. And I had the one with Paul Getter from before I'd even got out there. And then I decided, okay, I've got those up there and now it's getting into Christmas time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, call it quits for 2018 and everything I interview now, I'm going to save for 2019. And so you were the very first person after those interviews that I, that I interviewed. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. (laughs) But as I did this, right. So we went from you, then it was Brian Mancata and then it was John Corcoran and then it was Kevin Ayo. And then, and then it started to snowball. So I'm like, next thing I know, I've got a couple of guys locally. I've got more people from the mastermind from Vince's mastermind. Then I switch over to the bestseller publishing mastermind. And now I'm in a room, a digital room of 600 some odd bestselling authors. Wow. Well, who, I mean, who among those people doesn't want to be on an interview show, right? Right, (laughs) right. Exactly. You've got a lot of fish in that pond. So I interviewed Rob Kosberg himself, had him on the podcast. That was a great one. You know, how to market yourself as an author. And then I started, you know, I just put it out there in the group. I said, if you're about to launch or you launched or you just want to get in front of an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial audience, check out my podcast and YouTube channel. If it's something you like, I'd be happy to have you on as an interview. Well, I got a ton of people um, sounding off on that. And then as I'm, you know, working my way through all those interviews and doing all the post-production and all that, getting those posted and stuff like that. All of a sudden, the podcastguests.com site that you you referred me to a while back. Mm -hmm. Then I got an inquiry from a gal who was a publicist for several members of that site. So now I've got a couple of TEDx speakers and big uh, corporate, you know, executive type um, entrepreneurs, consultant types lined up for that as well. Ah, okay. I might have some people for you too, actually. Now I'm thinking of it. (laughs) You mentioned those. I mean, I've got some people for you. Um, but uh, we'll say that for after the call. But <laughs> so this yeah. is interesting. So this is good. So it's starting to pick up traction as you're starting to reach out more and kind of, would you say almost, Paul, being the more of the guide instead of the, the hero? I, I think so. I, I think being the, this is the way I've started to phrase it is 
my strength comes not from what I know, and it's not even who I know. It's who knows me, hmm. right? It's who, who, who has received something valuable from me that they don't get from everybody else and they can't just get, right? In other words, they, by knowing me, they got this opportunity. They had this terrific discussion. They had, you know, they got publicity, they got exposure, but more importantly, they had a meaningful connection. But that's, that's where I get my strength from. And as such, I mean, when, when, where this is leading is a mastermind group, but it's not going to be, it's, and it's going to be a mastermind group where people of the caliber that I'm getting on my show are going to be the biggest, either themselves, they'll be the biggest members, or they will be the people who, through whom the mastermind members come. Because what I'm looking to do is a very highly selective, curated group of people who have uncommon commonalities, as, as I've heard Jason Gaynard describe it, and who are, you know, and who through a, a, an extensive vetting process will, will get an, oppor- uh, you know, an opportunity to be sat down in front of somebody to have meaningful connections with who they otherwise would have, you know, zero chance of meeting. Got it. It's almost like a genius network. You heard of yeah. network, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I was listening to I love marketing.com. I love marketing podcast last night and uh, it's been a while since I've listened to them, but those guys are always great, but they were, yeah, Joe was talking about his, his, um, mastermind. I love the genius network. It's like 25 K, uh, I don't know what is it, a year or something like that or more than that. Yep. I think more than that, something around there. But anyways, it's similar to that. I think that could be very successful because it, it's interesting. I love that what you said, it's not, you know, what you know or who you know, it's, it's who knows you and, and what value you've provided to them, which is interesting because I'm sure I've had this maybe once or twice. Uh, I'm sure you may have had it as well. It's when someone you don't even really know comes up to you and they're, they're already really happy and they're, they're super happy to, to meet you. They've seen your stuff and they're mm-hmm. like, you know, Hey, Hey Paul, like, man, like, thank you so much for those videos or I love that video you did. And they're already a warm lead. Like they're already yeah. connected to you and they're already, uh, you know, like receptive to whatever you have to say. Yep. Which is, oh, yeah. which is amazing. It's amazing because like the amount of business that can come from that, the relationship that can come with that, from that. And this is all built off the back of work you did in the prior days, weeks, months, years. I think it's really, really important. And even if you're someone out there listening to this and you're like, well, how can I do this? And uh, to get on more podcasts, well, guess what? If I'm a podcast host and I, you ask me, you pitch me on being on my show, First thing I'm going to do is go to your website, go to your Facebook, go to your Instagram. I'm going to look at maybe what kind of following you have, but I'm also going to look at what kind of like content you're putting out there and if you even can hold a conversation and yeah. can, you, can you communicate well in a manner that's going to be receptive to my audience. So even if you don't have a big following, if you know what the hell you're talking about, like, I'm like, all right, cool. He's, he's just uh, he's a diamond in the rough. No one's found him. So I'll be the first to find him. And uh, Oh, and, and that is what you just said there, Lewis, is, uh, has also become a, a, a cornerstone of how I'm approaching this. Because hmm. let's take, for example, people we both know who are, are very prominent in our, you know, the, the crossover industries right. where both you and I are working. The people that come to Vince's Mastermind, right? The Bedros Koulians, the Craig Valentines, the Joel Marions, right? Those yep. guys, where they live, figuratively speaking, there's nothing but noise. 
True. So they get, how many times a day do you think they get somebody wanting to be on their podcast <laughs> or wanting them on their podcast? <laughs> I work it's, behind the scenes of some of these people. And uh, I can tell you, it is more than annoying and more than it was you want to know. Oh yeah. How do you, how, even if they're all, I mean, even if you got a hundred requests, super stellar requests from perfect strangers <laughs> pitching to be on the show, how do you make your decision? Right. Right. I mean, it's just, it's, it's more information than the human mind is designed to create. So to, back to what you said there, what is quintessential here is if you come across somebody who is currently on what I call the farm team, right? The, mm-hmm. They're rising through the ranks. Right. They've got good content. They've got a good, they've, they've got a good expertise and all that. So I always ask the question, you know, one day you, let's say you wield that kind of influence and power. Are you going to keep chasing after to get attention from the people who ignore you now? Or are you going to remember the people who supported you long before you had that wealth and influence? And we know the answer to that question, right? We know, oh yeah, I mean, Vince, we can see it with Vince and how he's, he's tight with guys like Rudy and, um, oh shoot, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. The, uh, the author. Oh, oh Romanella. John Romanelli. John Romanelli. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they go way back. Yeah. Right. And, and they, before anybody knew who they were, they were, they were locking arms and, you know, yeah, exactly. And soldiering on. So they remember each other that way. And I have the same, I'm fi- forming the same kind of relationships with, with you and Cameron Hall, right? We're, we're locking arms and, and, Charging you forward. know, going yeah. through our, going through our journeys. And then one day, long after all this and 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 we wield that same kind of influence uh we'll remember each other rather than the people who paid us no mind exactly yeah the ones that are clogging the inbox so. yeah the inbox now it's it's interesting though cuz like it's um it's funny cuz you tell people to like if they want to get on other shows if they want to network with certain people it's like comment on their social on their stuff and i think paul you're really good at this it's like commenting on other people's stuff and, and showing up and just keep showing up it's, it leaves a very big impression and uh, it does yield results, but it's a slow, it's a slow burn. And I think that's definitely a turn off. But I also think, I think that's also a huge advantage for people. Like if it's very unattractive, like having to keep on showing up, having to keep on commenting. I mean, I've done this with a lot of big influencers and it works. It takes forever though. But um, you, you finally get a chance because you're not, you're the one still there in their inbox. You're the one still there in their, on their feed and commenting on their stuff. And, uh, it's, I like the unattractive stuff because no one else is doing it (laughs) or very few people are willing to put that work in. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like for those listening to this, I'm, I'm, it's funny in a couple hours, I'll be doing a presentation on podcasting growth strategies and, uh, podcasting launch, um, marketing tactics and all that fun stuff. And that's one of the things I talk about in it. It's like, you know, if you want to get on a show, pick 20 people, get 20 of your top podcasters and, and basically, you know, figure out what their email is. There's a couple of tools you can do that and figure out what their, what their social media accounts are. Put them in a spreadsheet. Make sure you go through once a day or twice a day or once every other day and comment on these people's stuff. I typically yeah. try to focus on one or two people because I just, I go crazy if I was on, you know, that much social media. But whatever that number is for you, pick it and, and, and try and hit those, those numbers and get those people get in those in front of those people as much as you can. Mm-hmm. What's your what's been your, your experience with that in terms of like, I know you do it. I see you do it all the time. So curious to see what you've learned from it, what you've gleaned from it and that sort of thing. Well, so back in the uh, insurance days, one of the other things Jonathan Garrick taught me to do was to turn on notifications 
for people that I really wanted to do business with and was connected with over social media. Mm. Now, as my as this has evolved for me, the, the practice lately has been turning off notifications <laughs> for all the people I don't follow anymore, right? <laughs> I need that. I need to go through and do that big time. But for you, for example, when you and I connected on Facebook, there was no hesitation for me to leave it on the set of following. I get a lot of friend requests from people I don't know, but they have a lot of mutual friends. So I, I mm. add them as a friend, but I don't follow them because I have no idea who they are. So unless they start wanting to you know, form a relationship with me, I, I just... I'm like, yeah, I'll be your friend, but I don't know who you are. But I say that to say, uh, turning on post notifications, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or wherever, is going to simplify you being able to react in real time when people put something up there. And yeah, I mean, who doesn't like a whole bunch of likes and comments and shares and and that kind of thing? I mean, everybody likes it. Um and in the case of an entrepreneur, uh, in the case of a, of a high-profile influencer like a Bedros or a Craig, what I've found is one of the most important things you can do for them is, is express in the best, the best way you can what their work means to you because that's, mm, I like that. that makes you living social proof, right? That's, that's, that's your way of telling other people who haven't come across their work you should read this. You should watch this. You should listen to this. You should, you know, you should come to this conference. Um, so I've, my mind has wandered a little bit here. So your question was around, um, oh yeah, with social media and, and using it to, to show up and like and comment. Yeah, I, I started teaching people to do that when I was still in insurance and I was still giving my, my little seminar on networking. I said, use, make use of the digital world because the nice thing is people who are on social media are leaving a paper trail of useful information about themselves. <laughs> it's leaving which, a lot of market research too. Like when I get on a sales is, call, it, that's what I do. <laughs> it is. It's, 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 a, it, it's freely telling you what, what you, what people used to have to guess, mm -hmm. you know? So like I, I gave this example to Patrick Antonucci, who's a friend of mine. He runs the dad hackers podcast. He's a good guy. You should know him. And I went on his show and he was saying, you know, what's an example of, you know, how you would get to know people without knowing them, you know, because what you, what it seems like you're able to do is to meet someone and already know what they need. And I said, well, I know because they tell me. <laughs> and, and the, the reason, and I, so I said, I gave the example, I said, well, let's say you and I were going to get together for the first time. The first thing I would do is look up all your socials and follow and add you and, and all that kind of stuff. And the very, and after that, I'm going to look and see what's his occupation. Where did he go to school? What nonprofits is he a part of? What does he like to do in his spare time? Does he have a family? Does he have any recent achievements? Does he have, you know, what's his, what's his sense of humor? What does he find funny? What does he find, what irritates him? You know, people post this stuff. And, and really, as a marketer, it gives you, it gives you uh, leverage because you can, you can cater right to it. Another great thing that Jason Gaynard said, the way to a rich man's heart is through his charity. Mm, so, like you, <laughs> you know, if you're going to an influencer who, is, you know, let's take Pedro Skoulian, for example, it's uh, the Toys for Tots Foundation, I think he's really active with. Right. You know, and if you actually have a compelling offer where, you know, substantial, um, there's substantial benefit that you would be willing to donate to Toys for Tots in his name or something like that. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just spitballing. I'm yeah. not saying he'd yeah, actually go for that. Access but. to an audience that would maybe 
participate or may, maybe contribute something. Like if you have, you know, a hundred thousand listeners that uh, he could go on and basically, you know, talk about Shriners, talk about, you know, the other one, I forget what the name of it is. Yep. Uh, and yep. basically they can so hopefully, you know, contribute to, to that organization. I think that's huge. So access to an audience is huge currency. It's a huge, huge um, leverage, even if you don't have that much money. It's so, yeah. So I think um, you're definitely right there. And I like that. The man, the way to rich man's heart is to his charity. That is very true. A lot of these people, these famous people or rich people have, do have some kind of philanthropic uh, project they're working on. Not all. But Absolutely. Some. Yeah. And uh, yeah. some we always look for too when we're looking to get like guests on big shows or, or just, just you had to play that angle, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so to circle back around, when it comes to following what, what people are up to and, um, you know, and, and contributing to them, it's, it doesn't matter. I mean, there, there's some people, yeah, you know, the Richard Bransons and Warren Buffetts that they're, they're just playing at a level you can't even begin to imagine what it's like. And so I'm, I'm, I have nothing but admiration for them as entrepreneurs and businessmen. But quite frankly, I'm, I'm fully aware of the fact that even if I were to, the best I could hope for if I was ever introduced to one of them was to maybe snap a picture with them. You know, right, right. <laughs> I just don't, I don't play at that level and, and it's going to be a while before I do if I ever get to. Yeah, it's it's a whole it's whole other level there. It's like those kind of guys. You just have to. It's, I think it's a different game plan altogether. But should, those shouldn't be the people you're, I guess, shooting for initially. No, I would say no. there's a lot more other fruits that are lower hanging and could be just as valuable. So, especially like you said, the ones that are on their way there, exactly. but not quite not quite arrived yet. That's that's who I'm after. Is is a is Vince Del Monte ten years ago or. Mm-hmm. Um, Ben Pakulski 15 years ago, you know, take your pick when they were, when they were on there, they were earning, they were, you know, growing, but they needed to meet the right people to put them on the right path to 10 xing that. And they, and they needed a sounding board and they needed pure accountability and they needed elder accountability is particularly if you're in the faith, you know, you need somebody who's older and wiser and sees things in you that you don't see in yourself. Those are big staples of what I'm putting together with my mastermind. I like that. I really like that. That's, that's, um, it, it speaks truth to there. You definitely need that older wisdom, older accountability, somebody who's done it and walked that path before yep. to, to kind of keep you on the right path and make sure you don't make any stupid mistakes that experience can only, can, can really help with. I guess really to sum this up, wrap this up, like what would you say? Well, first of all, I got another question for you, Paul. What would be some books that you've read in the past that have helped you with networking and getting like being a better connector? I'm probably on my fifth or sixth time now through Mastermind Dinners by Jason Gaynard. So for the audience's benefit, that's spelt J-A-Y-S-O-N and last name is G-A-I-G-N-A-R-D. Got it. Um, I'll link it in the show notes. And uh, that is probably one of the most profoundly good books I have ever read on relationship building. There's, oh, there's another one that's on my phone, but um, oh, what's it called? Super Connector. I'm, I'm halfway through that book right now. I forget the names of the authors, but you can find it on Amazon. Okay. Super, Connector. Super Connector. And yeah, it's fantastic. It, you know, it, pretty much anywhere 
What, what I have found is that a lot of the people that you and I already look to for leadership in online marketing and all that, the Dan Locks, the Vince Del Montes and, and Craig Ballantines, they all understand this. They just, they don't happen to have books on it where that's their, you know, absolute form of expertise, but you will find confirmations of all the kind of stuff that I'm saying and that you and I are talking about in what they talk about as well. So, you know, for what that's worth, I, I really think that I've, I've learned a ton about my own high income skill just from being around them. Yeah, definitely. I think that that's definitely right. It clicked to me early, like when I was in Clearwater this, this afternoon, this afternoon, this so we past weekend, and it was just the amount of value and the amount of thoughtfulness and work they put into their work, work being their content, is is a reason why so many people like them and that's scalable like if you put out good content whether you're trying to be a guest on a show or you're trying to get better better guests on your show the content you put out believe it or not will be a factor in that and Mm -hmm. yeah huge and it's like i look at their content like damn like it's really good like this was this took some hours this took some time this was not you know slapped together sometimes i feel like i try to skimp on my content or i try to rush it and uh, just because I'm like, I'm more of these guys who want to get, wants to get stuff out there, want to pump stuff out. Um, yeah. Like the thought of taking two, three, four hours to do one piece of content is not ideal for me. Maybe oh, yeah. Because I have people who I have to answer to and I have a lot of people who, like I work with. And so it's, I'm always communicating. So that, yeah, I wish I could take more time to do stuff like that. It'd be fun. But at, at the moment, as I say this, it is, that is scary, but it's the reason why they, um, why they're so good. So the content, like you're, you're right. Like their value in, in essence, like what they provide is, is a big, big reason as to why they're successful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I've heard Craig say that, um, amateurs imitate professional steel, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> it's, a, it, but the reason I, I just bring that up because, you know, so much of what is coalescing into this much stronger product for me is as a result of pretty much stealing good ideas mm-hmm. from guys like them. And they also stole it from other guys that they, you know, yeah, <laughs> so the, the, yeah. the, the cycle repeats itself. So if you, if you're sitting there thinking, well, I got to come up with my own original stuff. I can't steal. No, no, no. The, believe me. That's why this is a free podcast. And that's why we're, we're talking about it. <laughs> exactly. <up>. Exactly. <laughs> you think I don't steal stuff from other podcasts? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, come on. <laughs> but while I was listening to you talk, I, I don't know how much time we got left. I wanted to mention that that Andy Stanley list you gave me. Oh yeah has has started to really is really helping me and one of the ways that this is happening is because i'm now starting to get like tedx speakers and all that um on the podcast i'm like okay now i need my questions up until now i think have been great but they've been just kind of from my general experience my degree and being in radio journalism now i'm like i want to get I mean, I still want to do open-ended questions that mainly get the guest talking because the guest is the subject matter expert. But I want—I also want to get to the point where, like I've heard Bedros and Craig talk about this too, where you ask these people questions that nobody else has ever asked them. True. You know? True. And some of that probably comes from personal relationships. And when you don't have the personal relationship, that's tougher to do. But other times, it just comes from thoughtful reflection on what you do know about them Mm -hmm. yeah you know and and reading their content yeah so absolutely that's that's not easy um and the andy stanley thing you're referring to for everyone wondering it's a the perfect podcast planner 
And it's five questions. It's a little structure to it, but it's five questions to help you really dial in the message that you're trying to get to, um, over to the audience in that episode, right? Because there's so many things we, we talk about. Like um, today, I could have probably done a better job of it, to be honest, but I'm focusing in this call, but I like the how it came out. It's just really getting understanding of like, what is the audience going to get out of this by the time they're done? What's the actionable yeah. items they can use? What's the call to action? Why is it important? Why are they going to miss if they don't? if they don't uh, take action. So all the things you put in a good sales letter, I, th- I think of these podcasts as many, sometimes many sales letters. They're trying, we're trying to get people to take action. So um, Paul, I, before we wrap up, where can people find out? I know you mentioned your podcast, but I want you to mention it again. And then also the new book. We know it's not titled yet, but um, where would be the best place so that when it is titled, where can they find it? So the podcast and YouTube channel is called Influencer Networking Secrets which just type in Google influencer networking secrets and Paul Edwards and um, that should get you where you want to go. Um, I have a, a URL, but it's, it's to my old book and I'm almost hesitant to give that out. Um, just if people want to contact, if people want to get in touch with me, I'd say, let's, let's go via social media for now. Yeah. Once I have the book, trust me, the link will be everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> But you can look me up on Instagram under the the Paul S as in Sam Edwards. And that extension is the same for LinkedIn and Facebook. And um, well, I just don't have a, a big enough YouTube following just yet to, to add it to my YouTube URL. But um, all of the major and Twitter as well. I have it. I don't post much on Twitter other than automated posts from my Facebook page. Right. But, so uh, Instagram is probably the best place you'd say. I think I see you a lot on in- Instagram and Facebook. Instagram, Facebook, and, and I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn too. So the okay. Paul S as in Sam Edwards. Got it. And, uh, and you'll get plenty of samples of my content and how I think and how my mind works. If this, if it sounds like, if it sounds like a brain, you'd like to listen to more, um, <laughs> voice you'd like to listen to more, right? The voice. Yeah. Voice. You'll get, you'll get some examples of my voice too. The, don't worry that that comes out. <laughs> cool. Cool. Thank you very much, Paul. I really appreciate this call. And, um, all the links we mentioned will be in the show notes. And this will also be in our Facebook group, the Podcast VIP Inner Circle, which Paul's a proud member of. Um, he's always yes. posting and commenting in there. And <laughs> so you'll see him in there too if you if you join. Uh, and if you already have joined, then I'm sure you're familiar with Paul. But uh, Paul, thank you very much for today. And um, I look forward to seeing the book when it comes out, when it's, like the, when it's ready. And I will definitely share it with uh, everyone here on the podcast. Thanks, my friend. I appreciate you. It's been great being on. And let's uh, let's do a, a part two of your interview sometime on my channel. We'll we'll do another uh, big dish on podcasting uh, as as your career continues to skyrocket. No, we we will. And uh, it's it's chugging along. I would say skyrocketing, but I appreciate it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, heck yeah, we will. I'll bring the uh, some of the uh, the secrets and some of the things I've been working on lately to really dial it in and uh, make it valuable. So definitely looking forward to that. I'm excited to hear about that. That is it for today. Be sure to check out Paul's podcast. I forgot to mention at the beginning of this episode that Paul has a podcast called The Influencer Networking Secrets. So give that a listen, give that a subscribe, and um, I will catch you on the next episode of the podcast Domination Show. Keep dominating, my friend. Hey, what's up? Lewis again. And I get asked this question a lot. So I wanted to answer it here for you in a unique manner. And that question is, Lewis, what exactly do you do? How do you help podcasters? What exactly do 
you and what does podcast domination really help with? Well, instead of me sitting here and telling you all the amazing stuff about us, I thought it'd be fun and interesting for you guys to hear what our clients are saying. So here you go. Please enjoy. Lewis literally makes my life so much easier. All I have to do is record my content. I don't have to worry about editing it. I don't have to worry about writing show notes. I don't have to create any of my graphics to promote it. He literally does everything for me. We hired Lewis to kind of help us set up podcasts and for us to put our content out and kind of grow our brand. And all I really have to say, it's been a huge success. It's been really easy. Lewis and his whole team have made the whole process easy. From setting it up originally, which with podcasts is kind of intimidating and there's a lot of things that if you're not really and if you don't know a lot about the platform that it's very time consuming so Lewis made all of that easy. In the beginning I'm not gonna lie I was completely overwhelmed, confused, stressed out because I went on YouTube trying to figure out how to set up a successful podcast and actually going on YouTube, I was just bombarded by so much information that I just wanted to give up on the idea. And then I met a good friend of ours that introduced me to Lewis and we hit it off. And he just said to me, it's really, really simple. I will take care of everything for you. I think what Lewis has done for me has made it seem so painless. He has took my idea and saved me money, he saved me time and energy. And more importantly, he's made my Persistence Factor podcast sound professional. Well, I hope you enjoyed those sound bites as much as I enjoyed putting them together. <laughs> if you have any questions about how we can help you grow, launch, or further your podcasting efforts, feel free to reach out to me at Lewis at Podcast Domination, or you can reach out to my team and ask them some questions. Hello at podcastdomination.co. Both are .co. Just make sure that's, uh, keep that in mind. Anyways, I'll see you on the next episode. And until next time, keep dominating.